Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hey, everyone. You are indeed going to be listening to Winchester Radio. Uh, for us, it's in the evening. But whenever you're listening, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, welcome back from uh, We Survived Yet Another Little Hellatus here. Um, the episode tonight is The Things They Carried. Uh, written by Jenny Klein and directed by the, the legendary John Batum. Um and you can definitely tell it was uh, it was his kind of direct uh, directing a perspective, I should say. You know, very action, a lot of movement. Um, sometimes, not always, but you can you can see his flavor in there every now and then. This is the 15th episode of uh, of the 10th season. As for this. I guess we've got about eight more. We do have eight more. Not almost. We do have eight more. Um, let me see. This uh, was the return of Cole, Travis, Aaron, Wade, which I'm 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 very jealous. You guys have spent more time with him than I have. I have I didn't get to be on the podcast with him. I think I was sick, and then you've seen him at a con, and he seems like such a cool guy. So, yeah, you guys can definitely talk about him from all perspectives tonight, but I can only talk about him as Cole. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty good, and also on Twitter, of course, you know, but, but everybody can see Travis, that. Travis is amazing. He's one of the coolest people. I, I have utmost respect for him. He's just an amazing, amazing person. Mm. He really is. I mean, for it being his first convention and being such a big convention, which is an imposing thing, I'm sure, um, he was great on stage, you know, mm. heartwarming, open, funny. He's got a, He's lived a very rich life, and he's not afraid to talk about his life. And it's it was it was really 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 a treat to have him on stage and to see him on stage and then turn around, you know, this week and watch him as Cole where there's a, there's a parallel to him and Cole, but they're also so different. And Cole is a character for me that's really, really grown on me. Um, the first episode mm-hmm. he was in, I was like, nah, never. This was the episode that I was mm. like, no, no, come back. No, don't say you don't want to see him again. No, come back. well i well that's one thing we can point point out pretty uh, right away cole survived (laughs) don't always survive you know sometimes they make it through one episode and that's it but this one uh one and done but this one is his third one and he survived and i was really glad to see that because like you said he's uh first started out not too sure about the character you know let's see where it's gonna go i'm not sure i like him and then he's definitely had a progression and an evolution and a change in heart and character. So I'm enjoying that and I'm glad he survived because even though he said he doesn't want to see the Winchesters again, and I totally get that because I usually say that same thing to my dentist and to my garage mechanic. (laughs) It's like, no offense, but I really don't want to see you for a while. So I, I, I hope we do see him again. I don't know. I, I can't say for sure, of course, about this season, but I, 
I hope we do get to see him again. I'm, I'm liking it. Yeah. I'm liking it. I, I was I was so scared that they were going to kill him off in this episode. So scared. Yes. Um, and at least if, you know, he does eventually meet that fate, I'm glad it wasn't something like your this episode with a basic monster of the week. I mean, I know, you know, crap happens and you can't, sometimes you just can't choose, you know, what happens to you, but this was a basic monster of the week. And for, for him, I'd like, if he meets his end, have it to be a little more heroic, a little bit more suitable to his char- character, you know. I, I I agree with you to an extent on that, but I don't feel like this was a basic monster of the week for a couple of reasons. One, it harkens back to, you know, the conworm, which was a albeit odd and one-off issue in season, was season six? Mm, yeah. no, well, six. the Campbells were around. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was, six. yes, that was it. Um, okay, but it did. It was part of a miss arc at that point. Mm. And you know, since we're going back to dawn of times, with you know, in terms of biblical, was that was Eve, and now we have Dean with the Mark of Cain. It sort of fit in terms of it being not quite just a monster of the week, a more. Um, what I like to consider a miss, a misleaning monster of the week. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't so I, I think, I think what I, what I, I meant was, and I'm sorry, I wasn't more clear that the episode was not a basic monster of the week, but the monster of the week was, is what happened to Cole. And it's not extraordinary. It is something that they saw before, which I like, and there was con- some consistency. And I just wanted, if if Cole was going to, this, if this was going to be his last episode, if he was going to meet his end, I wanted it to be a little more to it than, than a con worm. If, does it make more sense now? It's like, I, I agree, no. this is not a... Hmm? No, and I know what you meant. I just, what I was going to continue saying is that for this episode, since it's centered around so much of, like, a like, yes, there's something invading you, but also the internal fight of fighting it within yourself. Not that I want mm-hmm. to move on, because I really, really don't, but I wouldn't have hated him if this had been the episode. Because it was, mm-hmm. I felt like the episode had a good emotional content to it, which mm-hmm. is, like, for me, I know a lot of people have, you know, mixed feelings about Jenny Klein. Um, as a writer, I like her as a writer for a couple of reasons. I think she has a little more nuance than people give her credit for. And she's she, she's gross and she's gory, and I love that stuff. So <laughs> um, I, I really like that aspect of her where she's not afraid to, you know, spill blood and have people lick blood off of floors and vomit up giant con worms and she's just like do it and it and it and it she gets a kick out of it and that's i like gory stuff so i like that she did that but i think that she's also able to give an an emotional aspect to her her episode Mm -hmm. and i think that i think it's it's really cool that she does that because it's easy to get caught up in gore and mm-hmm. she, I find that she's quite good at giving where it's not just how much blood can I splatter against the lens. There's, there mm-hmm. is a story. 
Yeah. Oh, I I do not disagree with that. And I did not watch this episode live, but so but I did see some so uh, some tweets and people saying don't eat dinner while you're ha- while you're watching this and this is horribly gross. It might be the grossest ever. And I'm like, so I I honestly did not know what was because <laughs> I'm thinking you guys are supernatural fans and you're really grossed out. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, what is, what is going to happen in this? Well, and, and I saw a lot of people saying that. And then once I watched it, I was like, cause I didn't, I very rarely watch live. Um, but once mm-hmm. I did watch it, I was like, Oh, I totally could have eaten during this. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I didn't think it was that bad at, at all. So my bloody Valentine, that episode was way grosser than this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this one, yeah, I was barfing but up weird stuff and blah, but... People well, have a more and, sensitive... And, yeah, and there's a lot of... And there's blood in it. Actually, the, the scene that bothered me the most because it was the most closely associated with realism, which is why I don't watch shows like Criminal Minds, but I don't mind all the insane violence, whatever, in Supernatural or any similar like Buffy or, or whatever, is when um, Kit broke, uh, went into the convenience store and he broke the wine bottle and, and cut the throat of the clerk in the convenience store and blood everywhere. And it, all I could think of was this, this poor guy was just, you know, doing his job. job. It's like, you know, I don't get paid enough for this, you know, and he's doing his job and he has no idea why this guy's doing it. And that guy was such an unwilling participant in that as well. But that just like, oh, you know, and I just thought about having to tell his family and he went to work like any other day. And that's what gets me. That's the stuff that really bothered me. But um, because it's just, it's just too real. It happens all too often. But mm-hmm. well, I mean, it was done I by monster, but just just the thing. So yeah. The opening teaser with mm. the female soldier hanging upside down and all that. I think that was probably the most disturbing mm. scene I've seen on the Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird because I, I'm a bit more with Susan, and maybe because I watch so much. As, like I watch Law and Order SVU and I watch Criminal Minds and I watch like I said before mm-hmm. a lot of this really I like gory torture porn type of movies and really like Japanese horror there's very few there's there's certain lines I draw but I can pretty much do just about anything mm-hmm. but so I agree that the convenience store just because like you said it was so normal it was so mm-hmm. like, you could go. You don't even have to be the clerk. You could have been a customer, and it's yeah. one of those. But and it's one of those. But why? And you know the the family of that clerk. They're never going to know that there was a conworm and, and and a soldier. And he's there. Yeah. Like, wow. Some schizo on drugs mm-hmm. killed my yeah. son, brother, you know, boyfriend, husband, well, whoever he is to whoever he is. Yep. Is yep. That, yeah. That's the decent guy trying to do his job you know yeah that was that was really hard to take and the next was the the opening teaser which i thought was just shot so awesome and so creepy and it was really well you know it's like you you know yeah i thought it was it was it was great really really it's well done i had a couple Hmm? things to say about the worm um, uh-huh. One, I know Dean kind of, you know, he mentioned that it was like the cousin of the conworm, 
And I'm like wondering why they decided to make the differences with the worm. You know, this time it didn't go mm. through the ear, you know, it went through the mouth, it had pinchers, you know, it was a whole lot different. Um, mm-hmm. I wonder why they did that. And secondly, even though I really enjoyed this episode, all I could think about was they're just copying Angel. Angel's episode, The Price, was the exact same thing. <laughs> and it's like, did they, you know, did, you know, had, did it, nobody on the, you know, how did they do this and not realize it's the exact same episode? Because the Angel episode, The Price, involved these um, slug-like things coming from the other universe, um, alternate dimension they were called slucks and they were um they would go down the throat they went down um fred they uh went down this guy who came into the hotel and it sucked all the um you know water out of their body made them extremely thirsty uh even had what the one guy Mm. goes to a place of business like this guy you know like you're talking about he did in this gas and sip in this one had this guy go to a yogurt place in angel and he like drunk all of their yogurt and liquid and you know everything and was oh. threatening to kill until angel showed up um it, it was the exact same thing hmm. here's the funny thing i have watched angel over and over and over again and i have absolutely no idea what you're talking about right now Oh my god! But I vaguely crazy. remember. I vaguely remember Fred being thirsty. That's all yeah. I remember. I don't remember that episode. And they even season three. Is the episode well. is called the Prime. Oh, that's right. I don't remember season three. Um, that's a watch for me. Sorry. And they even they even <laughs> got a little bit the same way. How in this episode they did the rapid dehydration thing, whereas in Angel they knew the alcohol dehydrates you. So oh, they, I kind of remember they, it. Um, yeah, they. Um, I kind of remember, um, yeah, that, yeah. That an angel made drink a big bottle of vodka. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> I, re- I remember the, I remember Fred saying she was so so thirsty. But that's but again, mm. season three is is ninety nine percent a wash for me when it comes to Angel. So me. It, mm. it was the first episode that Cordelia used her glowy demon powers and she didn't realize she had them. And I will take the word for it. Yeah, so it, it, it it's the exact same episode. Yeah, that is, I'm you know, and we're not implying that Jenny Klein stole it. It's, it's no, just, just I'm kind sure. of a logical sort of way to think about things. I, I guess if you're going to do that sort of thing, and and sometimes you're insulin, you don't even remember stuff or whatever. And somebody said somewhere it's like a quote. So it's actually kind of about fan fiction, or even maybe just everyday fiction there's only seven plots in the world it's just how you how you do the details and yeah and i was going to say that even, even before angel i guarantee there's somebody out there who's going no 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 yeah. like star mm-hmm. trek did it first or no 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 spider-man issue whatever did it first yeah yeah because yeah you know yeah how many times but it is it's annoying empire? But because you, it's a show that you know and love and everything, it's annoying because you keep thinking, well, they did it. Well, they did it. You kind of com- compare it. Oh, yeah. Of course. And, and so I it's like know. it's like watching Sleepy Hollow, you know, and they do the horsemen and then they do like seeing a devil's trap and everything in other shows. I'm like, supernatural, supernatural. And I was actually just going to mention that because I remember back when I was still trying to watch Sleepy Hollow. Sorry if there are Sleepy Hollow fans, <laughs> but 
it just not did not work for me, and I stopped watching before the first season. Even I think I got like three quarters through the first season, but of course, you know, people watch it, and you get on Twitter, and you start to learn about episodes and plot lines, and. Mm-hmm. At one point, somebody kept telling them, like, you realize you're just stealing from Supernatural, and they replied, we're mm. stealing from everybody, and everybody's, everybody steals from everybody. And I I think the, the difference with that is, is like like I said, I've watched Angel season one through five multiple times. It's been a long time since I did a full rewatch, and there are certain things I remember better than others. And it's been off the air for 10 years. Uh, thanks to Supernatural. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll ignore that tiny bit of bitterness I still still carry in my heart just a little bit. Um, but it's um, it's another thing to do it like that, you know, 10 years later, and maybe, maybe you remember, maybe you don't, whatever. It's another thing to do it, like I said, with Sleepy Hollow Desert, where the shows are running concurrently, and it's, it's that where mm. you, really have, you really have to side-eye that one. Um, I watch both Sleepy Hollow and Supernatural, and whereas Sleepy Hollow will have like something like the Devil's Trap or the Four Horsemen, the storylines are completely mm. different in Supernatural. Different, They're yeah. Not at all the same. I like yeah, yeah, Sleepy Hollow. It's so batshit crazy because they 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 grab from everywhere and then stir it all up and add their own thing, and and that show wouldn't work without. Tom Ison and um oh I'm so sorry she plays Abby and I can't think of her name but yeah they they have great Nikki chemistry Bahari. as well yes yeah Nikki they're, they're well yeah I, I I like Tom Ison and that's the extent of my Sleepy Hollow Karen or Karen at the bottom <laughs> well, I tried. It's a good choice it's a good choice <laughs> it's, my husband has a mad crush on Nikki Bahari yeah I mean ask it takes a lot for me to care about a show. Uh, she was watching Grimm when we were at Vegas Con. Grimm was on, and mm, can't do I it. Tried watch, I tried to watch Grimm in the first season. Couldn't handle it. She's explaining the episode that's on because she's already seen it. And I was like, I literally stopped listening. I I, I can't care. <laughs> you know, I frogs from France. I don't I don't know what uh, you're talking about anymore. And that one, that one, I'm with you. I, I, I can't deal. Like, so I have friends who just love it, and they, I was at their house, and they were watching the episode and getting all excited and watching. I'm like, I'm happy for you. I just don't get it. <laughs> you know, no. you enjoy that. So, so the older <laughs> I get, the more discerning I get. So I'm down to like three shows, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I watch Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Supernatural. Everything mm-hmm. else is. Too much, too much trouble. It's too much work. Too much time. I don't care. I watch everything. I watch everything. (laughs) I I watch a bunch. I have a lot, but there are some things that I put more effort in keeping up on and watching or whatever. And there's some things I'm like, that's okay. They stack up on the DVR. I catch up some other times, but there's quite a few that I'm like, "Mm, they're really great, and I, 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 they mean a lot to me, or, or. Whatever, I just plain enjoy them. You know, they're yeah, they're they're, they're, they're fun or whatever. Yeah, they're they're all like they're in categories. <laughs> and yeah, well, so yeah, I I, I'm the same that, way. But. There are shows that there are shows that I watch live because they're my favorites, and I have to watch them as soon as they're on, like Supernatural. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. those have to watch live. Others, you know, I just I DVR, and some will stack up. You know, on my DVR mm-hmm. and like I have the last. I love the 100. This is a really good show. But 
it's not, you know, I have the last three episodes on my DVR, you know, I haven't watched them yet, and, you know, stuff like um, that. I, watched, I do watch the 100. I watched that. Don't spoil me. I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm behind on it. That's the other thing. I watch okay. shows, but I'm behind on everything. I'm, I'm at least a season behind about the whole world, which is why I'm not a spoiler phone. People are like, don't spoil me. I'm like, eh, spoil me. Um, going back to this episode, though, I was going to say my yes. only problem with, with Cole or Cole's story, which is funny because Travis mentioned it on, on stage as well, is that even he didn't realize the age that he was supposed to be playing. And so in the in the episode previously, when, you know, we see him and he's telling, he's talking about what year Dean killed his father and how old he was. And he said that he stopped and did the math for a second and looked at Jensen and was like, eh? And Jensen was like, I know, right? That's the only thing that I wish they would have done, that they would have tweaked that in some way. Because mm-hmm. I think now I can just pretend that Cole is actually the age that Travis is, more or less, that he's about Dean's age. I can just pretend, and I'm fine. And I think the character actually works better that way. I think the character works being between the ages of, say, 35 to 40 versus being 24. Mm. Um yeah, twenty four too, too young, way too young. Yeah, again, when, did, when did you have your When did you have your kid at thirteen? Exactly. <laughs> well, what happens? But that. Travis and, uh, like, when did When did I have the kid? And he's like, so he's he said, well, I guess it's possible that I married a woman that already had a kid. You know. So. Okay, but is his wife? Then when did his wife have that kid at thirteen? Because unless he's older, I, so. She didn't look older than him, so I, I don't know. I wish, I wish, and I think Cole's story would, would integrate so much better if they would have let the character be in his mid to late 30s. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that also gives the character uh, the... Travis is able to play this very world-knowledgeable, world-weary character. And I think think even when you've been through a lot at 24, there's just some sort of, I don't really know how the world quite works yet, no matter what you've been through, that just Mm -hmm. naturally comes with age. And I feel like Cole has that, and therefore I think they should have tweaked it. I really, really do. Mm That's probably my actual only issue with the character is, and that's a that's not his fault. That's a writer's thing, and that's a that's a writing director production thing. Mm. Because we know they we know that they did it the other way with uh, with Dylan Everett. You know, Adam Glass wrote him as fourteen, and they decided while doing the episode that they were going to make him sixteen, and it kind of messed with the story. And then you come, you bring him back a year later, where he's now the actor's now twenty, and you actually do have him play fourteen, and it actually did work. I think that there's a little more attention to those kind of details that the writers, directors, and whoever's on production for that episode really need to kind of look at and go, wait a minute, what if we just do this? Because that is literally my only qualm with Cole. I love the way he slots in with Sam and Dean, that he doesn't trust them, but respects that they know 
more about this world than he does. But he's not ready to say, you're the good guys. He's not saying they're the bad guys, but he's not willing to yet say that they are the good guys. And I think that's important because Sam and Dean are kind of, they're, they are antiheroes. They are. You know, they, they for the greater good, but they do really sketchy, sketchy stuff. Um, hmm And always have, since day, since day one, always have. And so I like that Cole is very, for a character we've only seen three times, and this is the most we've seen him, he's a very dimensional character, and I really enjoy it. Mm. I have, here's my weird thing. I would love to see Cole more, but in order to see Cole more, then something would have to happen to his family, and so then I'd feel bad. <laughs> but, you know, you can't, you don't get to be a part-time hunter. You're putting yourself in danger, you're putting your family in danger. And that goes back to, like, the big issue I had with Dean going to live with Lisa in seasons, mm. the end of season five and through season six, that I thought it was completely irresponsible of both Dean and Lisa to allow that, to mm-hmm. allow Dean into their home. Um, it kind of is the same way I feel about Cole, where you can't, you can't keep doing this. But yeah. how, how can you not do it now that you know the things that are out there? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's it's a war hero realizing that there's still a war out there. And how how mm. do you not? How do you sit back? Yeah. So I, and, think, I and, think they do bring him back. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how they explore those kind of things because I think mm-hmm. the character has a lot of potential. And I think he has potential to be what the show is currently lacking, which is real humans. Um, you know, other I hunters. He stays that way. I mean, he's had yeah. this happen to him now. You know, he's seen the monster. He's had a monster in him, but he's still a human. Yeah, he got through it, and he's fun. still a human. And I and I want him to stay that way. I don't want another Garth. You know, I don't want exactly. You know, he's very much. I want him he's to very much like, Yeah, he's very much like Sam and Dean for me. In that, you know, these, these things happen to him, but he's still a human inside. Where you know. Kevin, yes, human, but then prophet. Uh, Garth, human, but then werewolf. Um, we're not going to talk about Charlie because nobody wants to hear my rage blackouts. We'll save that for the episode. <laughs> um, tune in for that. <laughs> but I feel like, I do feel like the show has lost a human aspect to it. And so I enjoy having a, just a dude. Or, you know, if, if if Cole was a woman, but just a person, just a human who is now fully aware of what's going on. And, you know, the same way that we had, I'm not saying he could replace Bobby because for a lot of reasons that just wouldn't work. But that Bobby type of figure where you're still, you're still a human. Mm-hmm. You know, that, Ellen, that Ellen type of figure, which we haven't had on the show in a really long time, and when we do have them, you know, even while Garth was a human, and and Charlie to a degree, there's a lot of, there's a slapstick element to it. And I like that Cole doesn't have a slapstick element to him. He has lines that are funny, but they're not mm. knee slappers. They're not knee slappers. It's, it's, that, it's that quick wit sarcasm, yeah. uh, twist yeah. the phrase thing, and I enjoy that versus the the I'm just floppy and dirt I, I like that. And I think the show is getting a little, it's getting a little too into that 
like I say, a floppy, foibly kind of thing. And I like that Cole, Cole brings a grit. That's the word I want. He brings a grit back to it. Well, so far, Jody is fine. She's not been turned into anything. So we still have Jody. Yeah. Right. Jody, my thing with Jody is I like Jody the character, but in a way, in order to maintain her, it's becoming a very stretched, thin line. The same, the same thing where we really got her in because of because of her, you know, because of what, because of Bobby. Let's be real. That episode is what brought her into this world. And so to continue having her, you keep having to come up with these really because she's not out hunting. She is she is a sheriff, so she deals with real life, you know, breaking and enterings and murders and things that have nothing to do with the supernatural element. So when it does drag her back in, as much as I liked hitting nine one one, that's about as far as you can stretch it. Unless she gets abducted or something goes after her and she has to call Sam and Dean. But because she's not a hunter, you really have to start or I it, see it, it. It starts to feel a little inorganic for me. I personally. see it. I see it the opposite. I see it as she's a sheriff, so she would have more chance than the, a normal person of seeing monsters and evil things because you know there's a because you would think in the supernatural world a lot of things that are called in, you know, to the police station would be things like a vampire attack or. A, you know, a werewolf. Yeah, I see it the opposite. I see it the opposite. I always feel like what Sam and Dean deal with is the few and far between, but because I'm a big believer in the real monsters of the world are humans. So I always feel like for Jody, for example, if she has a caseload of 100 cases, I feel like two of those would be legitimately supernatural reasons. Maybe, and, but I feel and, like the majority of her caseload would be breaking renderings, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, pe- you know the, the joke. The joke on Buffy is, you know, teenagers on PCP. But it, it is. Yeah. You're, you're, so, you're, you're so exactly for me, right, but see, but see, whereas I don't work in the police field, I don't have those hundred cases, so I don't get a chance to even see the two out of one hundred. Yet she does work in the police. Field, so she would see those cases. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but she's mm-hmm. also the sheriff mm-hmm. of a little county. Like every, it would have to be that idea of everything's happening in her county. You know what I mean? Versus, you know, Sam and Dean, who have, have to go all over the country, and we still only have basically, you know, we have 200 odd episodes of them, and that's not even 200 odd separate cases all over the country. Again, it's, well, it, she'd have you know, more chance to see uh, uh, exactly, but only in, her, only in her county. Yeah. Only in her county, yeah, theoretically, she would have more opportunity to, to see it right. and more so, access to to uh, like behind the scenes or extra knowledge where you know, like it's it's not just a gas leak, it's not just the soldier going crazy and making his wife shoot him. She'd have more access to all the inside information on something she may not see it ever again but she'd have more access to it being a sheriff i think that's what i'm saying but what i mean and what i mean is not just jody seeing it but jody having to say hey sam and dean i've got one for you right well we may i mean logically we may never we would never see her again maybe there would never be another 
case. Exactly, you know. Nothing, you know. It's just so who knows how but, or if or when they'll write Jenny and, and back. Reason in, I meant, and the reason know. I mentioned it is because the last episode we had by Jenny Klein was her bringing Jody in. And for me, mm-hmm. I felt that like, as much as I really enjoyed hitting 911, and I really, it's one of my favorite episodes mm. of the season. Yes. Um, yes. It is one of those, how far can we continue to stretch the trope of the sheriff who finds a case that's not really a case in their world? I don't have a problem with it at all because it is the supernatural world. And in this world, there are all kinds of monsters and things that Sam and Dean don't even catch, Sam and Dean don't even hear of. I have no problem with Jody. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying she can never come back. I'm not saying that. Oh, no, I, 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 I understand that. I'm just saying, I think in this supernatural world, she would see a ton in her county. I, um, if, if I lived in the supernatural world in my teeny tiny county, according to how many monsters we see on Supernatural, there would be a bunch in my county, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I think we would have a higher proportion of non-monster activity versus monster activity. See, the thing is, I... I think you might think, like, ooh, you know, this might be a, this might be something supernatural, but then you would investigate and go, no, teenager on PCP, hmm. And, again, I know this has nothing to do with the episode that we're supposed to be talking about, but all I mean is, according to the supernatural world, there are tons of monsters out there that go by unchecked every day. And that's what I'm saying. There are a bunch out there, and I, you know, if if everybody Mm -hmm. was a hunter, you know, you would see them, but there are only a few hunters, so they don't get to see them all. There are way more monsters out there than there are hunters. So the crux of this mm. is you like Jody more than I do because I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. It could be, could be. <laughs> I, I think so. I think I think that I think in closing summation, Becky likes Jody more than I do. Not that I dislike <laughs> Jody. I just I okay, do like I'm gonna, Jody. Uh, and again, you know, I'm gonna be completely honest here. Let's be real. I watch Supernatural because there's two really big hot dudes on it being. And every year their voices are getting lower. And so you add another, <laughs> That's you, add true. another you add another hot dude who has a low voice, and they're all talking to each other in low voices, and I'm I'm good, guys. I'm happy. I'm cheap. <laughs> I'm a cheap date yes. like that. Yeah, um, you want yeah. to cross your arms and stand off against Dean Winchester, and I'm I'm good. We are we are. I am a happy camper. And I know, mm. you know, actually going back to this episode, I know a lot of people had issues with Cole leaning against the Impala. I loved that scene. I loved him taking those kind of liberties because it shows, it shows for me, again, you know, this is this is a dude who's seen some shit in his life. What bothers me, and I bet you love it, and, but it, but I have it written in my notes in capital letters, do not like the Sammy and Dino. I'm like, oh, no, I was going to address no. that because I didn't see, again, I didn't see the episode, I didn't see the episode live, but I am someone who will spoil myself. I will read everyone's tweets. I will, you know, I, I we tweet during the episode, so Becky will retweet East Coast things. I tended to retweet uh, West Coast things. Well, everybody was, you know, Jared was live tweeting, Jenny Klein mm-hmm. was tweeting, Travis had his watch party and he was tweeting. 
so I was I was ninety two percent spoiled for this episode before I actually ended up watching it yesterday. Yesterday is when I watched it for the first mm-hmm. time. Um, so I was really spoiled. So I saw people having like Sammy Dino meltdowns all over Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I did not melt down. You know, I do have some. No, I mean, I'm, it, like I heard it and I, it just grated on me. I sort of actually the Dino didn't bother me as much as the Sammy. I guess because I I love that Dean calls him that, and I know it's, he doesn't own the nickname. There, you know, there's no copyright. But he didn't, like, just, he didn't <laughs> call him. Sam, he didn't just call him Sammy. It was Sammy Boy. He called him Sammy Sammy once and Sammy Boy twice. Yeah, and I kind of liked it. It actually, I've seen this three times. I've seen it three times. And actually, by the third time I watched it, I was like, I I get this is Cole. And I think it started out maybe with him doing it to annoy them, but then it just turned into his thing. I bet everybody gets it. I bet he gets it. Everybody gets a nickname. You know, if you met him, you'd probably be maybe, you know, Vinny Girl, you know, or something. I used to. Yeah, I have one of those faces, I guess, or whatever that people... My name, my name in general, Vinny, is a nickname. My real name is Vanessa. Mm-hmm. So nicknames mm-hmm. are not a weird thing to me, and nicknames tend to be this weird combination of personal, and then people pick them up because they hear other people say it. So I have friends that call me, you know, V, Vin. I dated mm-hmm. a guy who, oh, I was telling Becky, I, was telling you, I dated a guy who used to call me Face. Hey, you with the face and face. And I would respond mm-hmm. to it. I dated another guy who called me Vin Dog. Like, what up, G? And, you know, you just you just develop these weird tics with certain people, and sometimes uh-huh. you, you know, like you're saying, he started calling me Vin Dog to irritate me because I didn't mm-hmm. like it, and then it became slowly this almost endearing thing that I began to accept, and I think. It goes back to where I say that I wish they would have aged up Cole as a character because I think mm-hmm. him messing with Sam and Dean like that works better in Travis's actual age range versus mm-hmm. him being younger than Sam and Dean. Yeah. Which, in this episode, I completely let it go that he's supposed to be playing a 24-year-old. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. canon, if, 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 here's my thing. Yeah. If the writers can ignore canon... So can I. So <laughs> I'm gonna ignore the four year old thing. I'm just gonna let that go. And I'm going well, as we far as third pole is thirty eight years old. As far as I'm concerned. We saw as thirty eight years old. Yeah, we yeah. Do you know that term Sorez? Sorez. <laughs> soap opera yeah. over aging. Soap <laughs> opera over aging. Yes. Yes. And so as far as I'm concerned, you know, you know, Jared and Jensen are both Jared and Jensen are both an actual year older than they play in the show. Therefore, Travis being thirty nine in real life, he is thirty eight in the show. No one can take that from me. <laughs> that so for me, um, and I think the way they write Cole and the way Travis plays Cole is he doesn't play it as I'm younger than you. Because I think if he was written and played that way, there'd be a lot more posturing. And Cole is mm. very comfortable with who Cole is. Um, and so I do, for me, I was ready to, when people were having people were having anywhere from irritation to meltdowns all over my Twitter feed, 
I was ready for the for the Sammy, and I was like, <laughs> the weird thing is, I'm the flip side of everybody else. I wasn't that crazy about the Dino. I just mm. eh. once is fine, twice is a little much for me. Um, but the Sammy, and I like that there's almost no response to it because what it does for me is the times that we've had somebody else try to call Sam Sammy, it's because it's also someone who's problematic, like Gordon. You know, Gordon calls Mm -hmm. Sam Sammy, and Sam bristles about it because Sam already is on the defensive about Gordon. He knows this guy, there's something not right about Gordon. He doesn't like it. And so the fact that Sam let it go was almost like a, all right, dude, you can be one of us. Not all the time, but I, but I, I get you. So it's almost like this weird, almost subconscious acceptance of Cole that he was allowed to give them nicknames, and neither one of them flipped out on him about it. Um, Becky, did you like it? I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear. Did you like it, or did it bother you, or did yeah. you think, eh, Oh, I, I liked the nicknames. I thought it was cool, and I liked it. Okay. I feel like I feel like if you could give Cole a nickname, Sam and Dean would give him a nickname. But what are they going to call him? How do you, you really see? <laughs> Cole. Travis and Travis himself nicknames his followers. He gives yeah. Twitter, he, he gives his Twitter followers nicknames. So yeah, it just has to be a thing. It just has to be a thing. Yeah, like I, I said by the third time, I was like starting to sort of get it and see it from various cold perspectives. I was like, wow, at first. The only thing I would have liked is I would have liked a slightly more sarcastic reading on the Sammy Boy one, almost mm-hmm. with a slight yeah. bit of con, con- but I. And I, I would have liked it not, not condescending or patronizing, maybe a little more yeah. kind of. Yeah. And I'm even cringing yeah. at myself. I'm cringing at myself as I say this, so don't yell at me, anybody. But almost <laughs> in that the way a big brother needles a little brother. Here's the only and I'm not saying that Cole is, you know, slotting himself to be, you know, another Winchester or anything because there are two Winchesters, aside from Don. But I don't even consider Adam a Winchester. Sorry, Becky, he's not. Um, Whatever. <laughs> no one considers wrong, anything. He's still Jeffrey stuck Dean in Morgan. hell. <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Jeffrey Dean Morgan no has no knowledge that, that Adam <laughs> exists. Ergo, Adam is not a Winchester. Um. <laughs> here's, here's the only Sammy problem I had in the whole episode. The roadside diner trailer thing that they stopped at to eat is named Sammy's. Oh, it's I didn't like, even know. Yeah. It's like really, show really, <laughs> really. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. Really? I was too busy that when they roll up the precinct, I'm like that house again. <sighs> like we're not even gonna pretend that's a different house anymore. <laughs> or the you know, you know what? It's the town hall. You know what? In the, we're going to pretend we're not in Fort Langley? No? Okay. <laughs> what like got happened. me, you know what I noticed about the scene where um, the dinner scene, the Sammy's, Sammy's diner food truck, whatever it was, that Sam, Jared, takes this little hop, jolt when he gets the food at the at the counter. I guess like maybe he was like thinking about something else as the 
uh, Sam was. And then he's like, and the guy was like, hey, buddy, your food, you know, maybe for the second time, because he kind of hops and jumps forward and then takes the food. And I was like, well, that was interesting. <laughs> kind of fun. Okay. It's just, it's just a little tiny movement, but I was like, I didn't expect that. <laughs> it was kind of fun. <laughs> Um, maybe he, maybe he was thinking thing. what? Maybe he was thinking, why is this place named after me? <laughs> you know, <somehow. laughs> Weird. I don't cook. Dean cooks. I don't cook. <laughs> uh, yeah. And talking about funny. using using the building in Fort Langley again, the cabin, the exterior of the cabin, was also the one from. Um, Alex, Annie, Alexis, and mm-hmm. that cabin. I'm pretty sure it was also Rufus's cabin, you know. Yeah. Okay. The other thing I noticed was, this is off topic, but when you start talking about the Sammy's food truck restaurant thing, I noticed the second time I watched the episode, there's three fountain drink, uh, you know, there's one for Sam, Bean, and Cole. But Cole also has a bottle of water. Hmm. He's getting ready to be, be. He's getting ready I to be. I thought it was really weird. I was like, "You have two beverages. Why do you have two beverages already?" Like, I and I thought it was really strange, but because then I went back and I was like, "Maybe he's just drinking water, and they're all, they're both drinking coke." But no, there's three cokes, hmm. and there's the bottle of water. I assume it's his hmm. because it's only the shot where you can see him. So I, I thought that was kind of. Peculiar. So, I don't know if that was just a weird little a, a mess up or mm-hmm. just a weird little. I hate to. Use, I, I hate the word. For, I hate the word foreshadowing. I really do. It's a pet peeve of mine. But if it was just like a little upcoming nod kind of thing, I'd be interested. Um, what? What? A couple things I had to make sure I mentioned. Um, one, the director John Badham. Um, he has a cameo towards the beginning. Um, he walks past the Impala. Um, right before the scene jumps into where Sam and Dean are talking to the wife who's holding the baby. Um, so you can see the director walk by. Um, two, as soon as they showed that wife who was holding the baby, I was like, oh, my God, this is young Samantha Smith. I mean, Amy Gumminis, you know, <laughs> played, she was an amazing young Mary Winchester, but this actress, as soon as I saw it, I was like, <laughs> it, it was like, oh, my God, she looks just like young Mary. And um, Mm -hmm. then um, the other thing I wanted to mention, other than this episode being exactly like the Angel episode, I really did actually enjoy this episode. I thought it was shot beautifully. Um, The acting in it was top-notch. You know, Travis, when Mm -hmm. um, Cole, you know, is going crazy basically towards the end, you know, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I have to say, a continuity thing maybe that bugged me was when – Cole was dehydrating, his skin was really dry and coming off, and, you know, his skin was falling apart on his face. Just Mm -hmm. a little bit later, after the worm is gone and they're leaving, his face is 100% perfect. And it's, yeah, I was like, shouldn't he still be having some missing skin? It didn't go back that fast. (laughs) (laughs) What, what? Bugged me about the sweat lodge scene is that there there's a big fire. There's the windows are shut. It's steaming hot. The sweat's pouring off them, and Dean keeps both shirts on. I mean, <laughs> really? 
And that's one heavy. It's like heavy, and it's got long sleeves, and he, he rolled them up. Oh, woo, Dean. You could have at least taken <laughs> the top layer off. You know, he took his coat off to his exhaust off being a perv. <laughs> 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 well, here's the thing. Let's see. We already got Dean shirtless once this season, so that's it. They blew. They blew their quota. Oh, wait. Yeah. We, and it's like they blew, even, they, they blew that as a first episode, so we only get one per year. <laughs> well, not even shirtless, but really to keep the heavy long sleeve shirt on, I could have at least single layers fine. I like t-shirts. Layers twice already this season. So again, you're pushing the quota. We still have mass amount oh. of episodes to go. Blah. Another thing, just because the scene I'm watching as we're talking and this scene is happening, when um Dean is electrocuting Cole and he basically dies for a second or something, and Dean just mm-hmm. pounds on his chest. Wouldn't mm-hmm. Sam Dean know CPR? You know, I would say that he CPR. He would know not to just slam his hand into his chest, you know. I was like. I was going with panic on that one, but I was like, yeah, that was a weird one. I, I don't know. It's like so weird. This, this is really weird, and this is one of those things that you know isn't going to happen. But you can't help your brain not making you think it and laugh. Is when Dean's walking up to him with the jumper cables. I'm like, are you gonna attach them to the nipples? You know, I know he's not. I know he's not. But I couldn't help thinking it. Where are you going to attach them? <laughs> like it was just a weird moment. There are worse choices. <laughs> I don't think that there. Well, yeah. If you're a man, there are worse choices. But still, worse choices. Yes. When he went to the forearms, I was like, oh, okay. Because I kept thinking, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, and then, because I thought the, the the then package that they did was kind of strange having the electrocution. And I was like, oh, oh I love, makes- I love the what? The, the then package was really well done, thing. even though, like, we knew. We I knew love from- the all of the different things they had, you know, of Dean, of Sam. What is it? I don't know. Seriously, I don't know. I love that they had all of those different things, and that I love that. It's like this may be one of my. It most cracked me up ever. It was so good. Yeah. And then he's just no, I really, series. I uh, enjoyed the, the, the then package when it was put together. Um, I thought those were done really, really well. Oh, yeah, so good. It cracked me up. It was great. I I have a couple questions. Questions. When when they're getting ready to do the uh, uh, battery scene, the charge, the electrocution scene, Cole says, well, "You say that it's only Monday." Uh, so you say it's like it's only Tuesday, and Dean says, "Oh, you know, buddy, it's only Monday." Where is that from? It seems like a they were just doing the lines from something else, and it seems kind of familiar. I expected since the date changed for the show, and this is the first episode back on a Wednesday. I expected them to say something about it being Wednesday instead of going to Monday, you know. Yeah, I so. thought, is that like, um, am I missing like a, like a pop culture reference or, or something? I did if, not. That if is. so, it went over my head too. I don't know. Oh, okay. And then I have another question. 
and I just don't get it. <laughs> and I watched the episode three times, and I still don't get it. They're having the big fight at the end. Cole is is about to barf up the con worm, and he attacks Dean, and Dean has his gun, and he says, don't make me pull the trigger, and Cole says, I already did, and then he throws up the worm, and I'm like, why does he say I already did? Because he didn't make him pull the trigger. He never pulls the trigger, so so I don't get it. What does that mean? I already did. I took it, I, I, and I, it is very confusing. We'll see if Vinny, Vinny thinks the same as me. I okay. took it as Dean has drawn his gun first time, and he knows, you know, one more thing he does, Dean's going to shoot him. I took it like that. Mm. That was mine also. Mine oh, was yay. the first we time. The first time Dean pulled, I know, we agree. <laughs> the first time Dean pulls the gun on, on Cole, he tell, and Cole tells him, you're not going to do it. But mm-hmm. the second time he did it and he puts it to Cole's throat, it, I, felt, I felt like it was Cole saying that I already used my one chance. I used my one okay. guard. And mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe it's that Cole already understands Dean to a degree where you get one chance, unless you're Sam. Um, <laughs> you get one chance, and then after mm-hmm. that, you know, I, we might be cool again, but I will throw, there, that bus is going to be fast, and I All will right. throw you one trick. So I did think it was, it was aligned with the first time, the first time it was said, I thought, is it the worm talking, or is it Cole saying, I've, I've already got this, like, because he knew he was going to cough up the worm, but the second yeah. time I watched it, I took it more as a, I see a lot of parallels in Cole and, and Dean, and I guess this is one of the reasons I really like. Um, I tend to be, this is going to be weird, because I tend to be very defensive about the whole Sam gets no friends, or Dean gets all the friends, Dean gets to make all the connections kind of thing. I'm very defensive about that, generally, because I generally think it feels very forced. And you get that a lot, you know, you you can, you know, you get a lot of people going, oh, whatever, you're imagining it because you're a Sam girl. But then when you listen, you go you go to a a con and you get people talking about Jensen, Jensen, Jensen. And then someone will ask about Jared and inevitably the actor goes, I didn't really work with him. I didn't have a scene with him. I hardly saw him because he wasn't on set the day I filmed. All my scenes were with Jensen. Most of my scenes are with Jensen. Cole is one of the few characters that his his time with them has been fairly evenly split. But he does have a bit more of a connection with Dean, and I feel like, and part of it is that they almost run a very similar similar path. That they have the whole, you know, we get we get we learn in this episode, Cole's an army brat. That's how he grew up. And Dean, even though John was no longer in the Marines, he essentially had an army brat lifestyle, though. And I think that they view the world in very similar ways and that they say, again, that you get one chance kind of thing. But for for both of them, they see, like, this is the field. We're in the field always. And now that Cole knows mm. the world is the field, everyday life is the field that I think for me, I felt like he did, like, like Becky was saying, and I said, I agree that he was telling Dean, 
you this is your last chance. You have to pull the trigger if I if it's me or you and it can't be me because I'm the bad guy right now. So in I order love for that you to- Yeah. I love that he even asked Dean to tie into the chair when he knew he was getting really bad. I love that. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Just the idea of saying, I need you to do me a favor and tie me the chair. I want. So he said, would you do me the honor? Would you do me the honor honor of tying me to this chair? (laughs) It is so unfair that I'm not an actress who gets to say that. Why don't I get to say that to Dean Winchester? This is rude. I'm in the wrong line of work. I don't. I know it's like Cole, baby, get in line. (laughs) Get to the back of the line, Cole. (laughs) There are some of us who've been standing in that line for almost a decade, bro, and you just come in at the three episodes and the line. How dare? How very dare? Yeah, yeah. And Um, he, Cole, Cole had one of my very, very, very favorite lines in this episode. I just loved it. When he says um, to Dean, it's like saying, you know, you can do this. And he's really, really thirsty. And he's just staring and he says, great pep talk, coach. But all I can do oh, is slicing your wrist and drinking you like a fountain. And I was like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was just great. I love that great line. Line. and the delivery. Oh. I think Cole got a lot yes. of really great sides of this episode. A lot. Mm-hmm. My favorite line, actually, and it may be just because of the way he read it, was when Sam and Dean first run into Cole and he's asking them, you know, what they're doing around and Sam and Dean are like kind of not answering him. He says, oh, you know, he says, did you just, did you come for Gemma's sweet tea? I love how. (laughs) (laughs) I think, yeah, that whole scene, again, like I said, I know a lot of people were upset that he's leaning on, on baby. He's touching baby. Really? Because I I really didn't bother me. yeah, I love the I dialogue, and I love where he tells them, you know, I'm I'm coming with you, and they're like, no, and that he's the one with the leverage where he turns and tells them, you know, I know people in military intelligence that know that owe me a favor. Yeah, and and again, like I said, I'm not saying he could replace Bobby because he can't replace Bobby, but it's that interesting thing of they now have a military resource. And I, the, the, and I also like that as much as they were willing to work together, I loved when he says that he's going to go watch Gemma and Sam and Dean know better and they wait and sure enough, he mm. gets in his Jeep. Or if he yeah. calls her as, as Darlin, uh, he gets in his Darlin and, <laughs> uh, and he, because they know they, because mm-hmm. it's what they would do. They know it's what they would need. Right. Yep. And it's much better and much, much more in character for Sam and Dean than, ah, uh, bugs me, I'm blocking it out. But there's an episode where the, it was Charlie who, like, fooled Dean twice, you know, and went the other way and drove off. And, like, yeah, that, which bugged the hell out of me. And then this one, I thought it was just great. You know, it's like they exactly. knew it, they waited, and, and they were right behind him. So, yeah. Yeah, I really and, like that. And, about this, and in that episode, episode we well. talked about how, are you serious? Like, you, yes. let, you know, you let somebody. But I love, you know, going back to the scene I'm talking about, and I love, I don't know if it was an acting choice by Travis, if it was in the direction, or if it was the director, or, or a mixture of both, but I love the body language that Cole has while he's talking to Sam and Dean in that, where it's 
he, I mean, Jared and Jensen are big guys. Travis is average height. So compared to Sam and Dean, he looks, compared to Jared and Jensen, he looks smaller. Yet he's the imposing figure in that scene, the way it's blocked and the way the body language is. And I just, I really is a Marine. I'm in love with that whole scene. I love it, love it's, it, love it, love it. No such thing as an ex Marine. <laughs> No, and I mean, I know That's that we talked about. I know that we talked about in our last podcast where you know we were like, you know, it, the the battle of the blue eyes between Kane and and Cass. But all I saw in that scene were cold eyes. Good lord, <laughs> that that's some blue too. Jeez. Yeah, I noticed his eyes when one was really red and bloodshot from the sweat lodge at the end. I'm like, ooh, that must. I don't know if it was effects or try, but it's pretty scary looking. Yeah. Um, what else? I have an, and I'm curious to see what you guys think as well. Mm-hmm. Sam, Sam is so upset about what happened with Kit that he couldn't save Kit. And on one hand, I get that it's transference and it's, it's the, the parallel and or, you know, depending on which mm-hmm. side of the spectrum you're looking at, it, it's the anvil or the parallel of um, the metaphor for Sam not being able to save Dean. But mm-hmm. Sam makes it seem like it's the first time they've had to put somebody down. Like it never happens. Um I don't know, it was strange to me. I thought it was a little bit more like for 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 now, like it, it relating to not being able to save Dean. I think it's just come home to him a little bit more this time. I don't think it he felt like it was upset because it was the first time. I don't think it was an exclusively for Kit feeling. I think it was because, and we haven't really talked about it yet, that Sam was researching Kane a, a lot. At the beginning, uh, Dean catches him, and you can't tell me Dean didn't see the Kane all over the laptop screen. He comes up behind uh, Sam, and he just jokes that it's foreign because he's well aware later in the car when Sam's on his phone right. researching the mark of Kane. So, well, and then I'm... he says something. So, I, I think it's just I think it's more the the mark of Cain and trying to help Dean, and he's very upset and he is emotional about that. I think that's why this time. I don't think it was exclusively. I think it was yeah, much more related there is, to Dean. There's there's something about you know, you know, we know like in in supernatural canon, in terms of vampires, as long as they haven't drank yet. They can the effects can be reversed, or you know you can exercise a demon. But more often than not, Sam and Dean choose not to even. So it was. It was well, Sam did say that earlier in the episode. He says we know how this can be handled because Dean was saying the thing with with Cole wasn't going well, and he says, well, we do have another, we do have another option, and. Dean says, well, we haven't gotten quite that far yet. And he says, you know, which is what he does to Kit. So, you know, he goes from being very practical to to being very upset. So I think it it has to do with... Yeah, because, I mean, there is, you know, even if they would have, you know, there's 
and for me, there's a only there's a point of no return with with the human body anyway. Like, how far can you dehydrate somebody before, even if you could get the conworm out of them, their body is just beyond repair. And Kit's body looks pretty beyond repair, in my opinion. But you know, you never know. It's just supernatural. The other thing I was thinking is, I get that Dean. It's really hot in there too. And he's trying to stay hydrated so he can stay, you know, coherent. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, wow, you are really drinking that water in a very, like, in a in a smug, really dick way. Like, why would you talk <laughs> someone you're dehydrating? Like, mmm, delicious water. That's the look on your face. And then you're taking these little, little like, We're not that big a fan of coal. Oh, he's trying to help him, but he's not that big a fan, and he is... I know, but I mean... You know, so I was like, yeah. <laughs> not surprised. Yeah, but this is only partly Cole, and Cole is trying. He is making the effort to not succumb, and you are looking at it going, mmm, water. Mm, water. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you leave that little bit in before you tie him down. Who doesn't chug the last inch of their water before they put it down when they only have that much left? Everybody does. Everybody goes, I'm doing something else. Screw it, I'll finish this last little bit of water. <laughs> I know why in terms of it being in terms of it being Cole's plan. Uh, but in reality, like the way Dean is drinking that first that first mouthful of water, I was like, You're rude. That was rude. <laughs> but you know. I just thought it was kind of a funny, a funny thing to do. Like you would be a little more, like le- a little less in your face about it. Oh, this is Dean Winchester. <laughs> Come on, I it's know, not above him to do something like that. If you can't say, he could have been much worse. He could have been right in his face, going, "Water, this sure is great." I think I'll have a think two so bottles, good. one for each hand. <laughs> you know. Well, and because, you know, theoretically, if he can't save Cole, then he can't save Kit and Gemma and potentially Sam either. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, there's some things that you'd be smug about later. Mm-hmm. You know, another scene I enjoyed was the birthday cake scene station. offers <laughs> Dean birth cake. And Sam's like, nah, you know, we don't have time. And Dean still sticks his finger in the icing and then slides it through and then puts it behind his back so he can eat it when they turn around. I just yeah, loved it. Was, it's just such it a Dean thing. It was so childlike, but it was also so weird that Sam was so adamant about, I was like, is there something wrong with the cake? Are you afraid of the cake? I kept waiting for the cake to be a plot point. Like, He's always stopping Dean from eating those. He's Nobody always stopping Dean, though. He's like, no, don't have that. Put that away. No, we can't say yeah, Dina like, like say we can use a drink. No. I don't know why, but he just Sam does it. I feel a lot. like Sam I feel like Dean should turn to him and gone, but part of the frosting is green. That's practically a vegetable. Let me have the cake. <laughs> Sam never like a deep person. I I never let Dean Sam never lets have lets Dean have the food when they're at places like that. And I've always this is my own head canon, my 
my own canon. Um, I always think it's because Sam's like, we're on a job. We don't know what's causing these problems. It might be in the food. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's why I said I can't leave because the way Sam says it, the way Jared does a line delivery, it even sounds like, mm-mm, don't eat the cake. We don't know. We don't know if the cake's okay yet. Don't eat the cake. Yep. yep. So I can't yep. leave for more. But, yeah. but it's true, you know, you get – um. Last season, when Dean's coming out of the convenience store with his pie, Sam's judging the pie. So Sam's just judging about food. Yeah, and that cake really did look good. And I, I oh my god, it made me want chocolate cake so badly. And I watched. I it don't, like, I don't like it. Chocolate. It looks delicious. <laughs> I watched yeah, it and, and the... today, and every time it's like, oh, I gotta go make me a chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks yeah, so good. Art. So. I didn't mind, and I I just, for some odd reason, I have it in my head that it was that kind of cake that's just, you really are excited until someone serves you a piece, and it's kind of, meh. So, yes, that's that's my that's my cake headcanon for you. The cake was not that good. The cake was <laughs> a bit of a lie. <laughs> but it was homemade. I mean, the, the, the police officer's partner had made it. I, I, I don't know. But it was homemade. It looked beautiful. Not all homemade cake is good, Susan. I've had bad homemade cake. No, that's true. That's very you true. You know what it made me think of, Vinny? Uh-huh. It made me remember um, the last time we were in Vancouver. I think it was the last time. Uh, we went to that place, and I got a big, uh, that little cafe, and I got a big piece of chocolate cake with mil- a glass of milk and I forget yes. what you get, you got, but all... I got cheesecake because, heaven forbid, I, I'm not going to get chocolate. I'm never going to be the girl that gets chocolate. So oh, I got oh, cheesecake. Oh, I, got, I got plain cheesecake. It was the most delicious <laughs> piece of chocolate cake I've ever had. And it's like, oh, I need mm. that now. I did have a bite of your chocolate cake, I remember. Yeah. It was. It tasted like chocolate. Um, I don't know. <laughs> mm. um, but... Uh, um, I thought it was kind of interesting, not interesting, but uh, I shouldn't say interesting, but sad, really, the way the, when they tell him the case is closed and like, you know, is he in custody? And he's like, no, drank a gas can full of, uh, a can full of gasoline and lit himself on fire, which, you know, then we realized it's because it was just a liquid that he was like, I'm drinking a liquid. But the way he's like, you know, six, you know, six suicide, you know, military town. It was such, again, it's one of the things I give Jenny Klein a lot of credit for is on the surface, it's a blase line, but the depth of that line was so strong. Mm. And um, it's hard to say I liked it because it was a really depressing line and it was just a really hurtful line. And the way that, you know, the sheriff of that county, he just accepts it, where he's like, you know, it's a military town, we, we lose a lot of, of soldiers this way. But, again, it goes back I'm to her, Jenny Klein, is that, you, you know, her episodes seem surface, but when you really look at them, they have quite a nuance mm-hmm. depth to them, um, which is why yeah. I, I enjoyed her episodes a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, it was way um, too... Uh, real quick on Twitter, Dog Paw DK, love her. She listens every week. Um, talking about the um, 
the food could be dangerous. She re- she remembered with the fish taco episode, it was in the pudding. That's yeah. right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I said, like, I like, I, the line reading for me, it really was like, Sam was like, mm-mm, mm-mm. But Dean was just like, nope, I will put my finger in this cake because I am five years old, damn it. <laughs> Which, on the other hand, is also one of those things where you want to tell Dean, like she's mentioning it was the pudding. You think Dean would learn by now? Don't eat, don't eat the food you don't know. <laughs> you know, there yeah. could be hearts in your cupcakes. You don't know. <gasps> hearts in my cupcakes. Hearts in my hearts cupcakes. What my favorite? And that, and that character's name was Jenny Khan. Exactly, and full circle into that character Jenny Klein after Jenny Klein before she was when she was just a writing assistant. Um, I, I have a I have a question about the con worm. <laughs> I'm sure you all I'm sure you all know like have done your research and know all about the con. Um, oh oh yes, yeah, of course, because there is no place to really look them up. But but about the the con worm, and this is a slightly different species because the last one did um have mind control this one was just they drank a lot and uh water blood whatever and and um part of me wanted to see a con worm just chew his way out you know because he was just drinking kind of chew his way out kind of alien but anyway that uh, that's not my question um someone they they go down they go down the throat and cole says i feel it moving so it's in his stomach couldn't they just make Cole throw up? Do the con worms hang on when they're in there? I guess they're impervious to digestive acids and juices. Otherwise, well, they, they'd be digested. They a, but, well, and they didn't know because, remember, Dean was expecting it to come out of his ear, like the original con worm. I know, but he's coughing, and he said, I, I swallowed it, and he feels it in his stomach. So couldn't you make them throw up and I also wondered why nobody tried to do like a C-section kind of <laughs> you know or, or well true so you know so it's like well you want him out let's let's get him out you know and and make a surgeon at gunpoint if they wanted a doctor you know it's like you know I'm not, I don't know why I'm even thinking of those things but <laughs> I guess it is that idea of I guess for me I kind of thought of it this is going to get way grosser, actually, as I as I explain it, because while I was thinking about it, it was not gross until I re- realized how gross it's about to be. It's like a tapeworm, like you said. It's impervious, and it attaches. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess it would just hang on and not let it let you throw it up. It'll <laughs> hang on, and and again, to get really gross, it'll also hang out. So remember, and it, and, and rem- it's fine. You're not fine, Remember the, but, the, but the tapeworm is a-okay. Remember so, the Susan? Remember Fluky? Yes, I did. I was thinking <laughs> of him as I watched the episode, and it was, I'm like, this is just like Fluky, and he just kept brushing his teeth and brushing his teeth, and, and it couldn't get away. It wouldn't let go. Ah. But <laughs> I also can't. think so, it's so one of those things. Don't go in a porta potty and not think about him. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those things that you have to kind of hand wave. Just like the idea of of a vampire, mm-hmm. like you drank blood, but your stomach, while there you have blood vessels in your stomach, wouldn't your stomach acids? And why do you turn into a vampire because you drank blood of a vampire? Like, eh? I guess it's one of those <laughs> things that just 
kind of, sort of doesn't make sense, but we've decided it does because horror movies tell us it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, and I kind of, and the fact, like, what you're saying is biologically it doesn't quite make sense, although I don't think I want Dean Winchester performing a C-section on me because... <laughs> No. <laughs> Get away from me with your giant scary knives and your mark of cane and your homicidal face. Get away. <laughs> I I don't know that you know how to stitch. You know you know how to stitch things up. I don't know. Um and also, you know, there's a big difference between a uterus and your actual stomach. But anyway, um well, especially fact he didn't have one, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you can't pull a, you can't pull a Conwart from cold uterus. You need the uterus first. Uh, I uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> it was just a visual. <laughs> I, I know you can't really do a C-section on Conwart. I know, but hey, um, that could be his nickname, C-section. C-section. <laughs> okay, this but. One of the themes, um, I promise I have not during this podcast. One of the things that I didn't like about the original Con Worm was it crawling in and out of the ear. I I Mm. thought it was an, I thought VFX wise it was meh. And it didn't, like the whole sludgy look, I didn't care. It wasn't bad. I just didn't care. This worm and the whole, Mm. like, just seeing it ripple up his throat. That was super cool for mm. me. So I'll take I'll take disgusting, gory, uh make no sensiness over actual biology any day. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really, really, really icky. Yeah. Blah. But well done. Um, like I said, I didn't think it was as bad as as it was being mentioned on on twitter or wherever i mean it was gross but i was truly i was truly expecting to have to like hide my eyes or fast forward or something it's like i i watched it i watched it everybody was tweeting about it being so gross and everyone's like okay was there scenes that i missed <laughs> you know okay <'cause, laughs> like, oh. yeah what did i miss <laughs> no really yeah, i don't know what that says about us Because, again, I didn't watch live, and so I had already known that everyone was grossing out. So yesterday when we got home with dinner, I was like, do you want to watch Supernatural? I was like, no, everyone says not to eat during this episode. She was like, okay. So we ate first, and she's like, do you want to wait to eat? And I was like, no, neither one of us are queasy people. So we sit down to watch, and we're like, we totally could have eaten during this. But we are the people who will eat during Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. I've done that. I used you to know. eat during CSI with all the, all the yeah, dogs and uh, you know all the evidence and, the, and whatever. So for the us, only you know, the downside to eating during like Walking Dead I or anything used, like that is I sometimes used, you miss things because you're too busy eating. Yes. So you, yeah. But eat during shows, Supernatural. The only show that I cannot eat during is Bones. I cannot eat. Bones. Oh, I will give you bones. Bones has yeah. has, has me a few moments where I'm like, whoa, no. <laughs> I always think about when that, and it's an early season. I think it's season three or four, where they had been sealing people in in like oil drums. Yes, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That was one mm. That's a bridge too far, even for me. 
<laughs> yes, when they're all that was pretty gross. And, yeah, so Bones is one that I am extremely impressed with how graphically gory they are, especially for being on Fox. And they were doing it since, you know, they've been on as long as Supernatural, so they were doing it for season one as well. Um, and I will say, and not as a, not as a knock to Supernatural, because that's, you know, that's my show, that's my love. But I feel like where Supernatural has kind of pulled back on the gore, Bones never has. No, they mm-hmm. have not. They will, they will push that envelope. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do want to say really quick, um, before I get a test day, because I'm going to have to go soon, um, there was a lot of concern because ratings did go down for this episode. Um, and while a point six is a hard hit, um, you have to understand that this was the season finale of Empire, which is nothing, it's not even hyperbole to say that that's a juggernaut of a show. Like, there is no competing with Empire. And a lot of people had it easy prior to coming back from hiatus because you had Supernatural on Tuesday and you had Empire on Wednesday. Um, but there's a lot of people who watch both shows because they're both good shows. Um, Empire's ratings, I mean, I think they went up a full, I think a full point in the demographic. They went from a 5.8 to a 6.8, if I'm not mistaken, where if you Supernatural averages about a 0.8 to 0.9. So if you just think about it in terms like that, there was no competing with Empire. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, like I said, it was the season finale for Empire, and we uh, we were airing on a new night. And if you're in, if you're, if you're active in social media, you're very aware of when Supernatural is coming back. But if you're a general, uh, mm-hmm. maybe more average fan, you may not have known or remembered that it was on. Maybe your DVR caught it, but you may have been like, "Oh, well, Tuesday wasn't on. Is it, is it back yet? Is it not back yet? I don't know." Because you might well, not know. Jen, Jen tweeted Tuesday night and said, I hope you're watching Supernatural. Yeah, and I think, they show, <laughs> did, they show, did they show a rerun on Tuesday? I don't remember, but they were showing no, no. Yeah, and no, over hiatus, um, they were showing reruns on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday. Yeah. And, you know, so she's got I, two kids, you know, she's busy and... And and she she's and she covered it great. Is. She said any night is a good night to watch Supernatural, and she's right, which is true. And yeah, it's totally true. I and, thought it was cute. And and to her credit, Supernatural is on five days a week for four hours in the morning. It's it's easy yep. to get confused. It but, totally um, is. And she has a little um, bit. Again, you know, in spring ratings always go down for almost every show. We've discussed yep. this before, and. Um, arrows went down as well, right? Yeah. Didn't arrows? So, I believe arrows ratings were down a little bit as well. So yeah, and I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I don't think iZombie premiered where the CW were liked it to premiere in terms of ratings. Mm-hmm. I think they were hoping for higher. Um, I believe it got a point eight in the demo, which for a premiere follow you know a premiere following the Flash was not that great. I'm I loved it. I, I haven't watched it yet. So, it was so good. But, you know, I'm a Veronica Mars fan, so I love Rob Thomas anyways. And 
Mm-hmm. It was everything. It was everything that I I was hoping it would be. It was really good. Oh, cool! I have not seen it. Now, um, Vinny, um, before you leave, but I did, before you leave, yeah, I just we should talk about the convention. Oh yes, but I just yeah, because I wanted to talk about that, but I wanted to get that out first. Um. So again, don't stress. Um. Again, a point six for the CW is what they consider. Average to slightly above average. It is the CW, so keep that in mind. Um, on average, around this time of year, we do enter the 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 area of ratings. So don't stress out. Don't freak out. Remember, we're already renewed for season 11. So I literally, I'm not telling everybody to turn off their TVs, but we could bomb the rest of the season at like a 0. 0.2, and it'll, we'll be back next year. Don't worry. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is, you know, it's normal, it's average, and the only outlier in terms of mathematical rating type things was that it did have to go up against Empire and on top of that, the finale of Empire, which, plus side, is that next week there will be no Empire. So everyone (laughs) can come back. Everyone can come back to Supernatural. And that's all, because we did get a lot of questions on Twitter. We do post the ratings every, uh, the next day. We'll give you the preliminaries as well as updated, because there are shifts usually. It'll either go up or down based on um, if there was something else on in that area or, you know, half-hour drops, half-hour pickups in numbers. So make sure that you do uh, keep an eye on Twitter, because we will... Uh, let you know what the ratings are every week. And if you have questions, tweet us the questions because we will answer your questions about ratings. Okay. Convention. Convention. (laughs) I was not asked. (laughs) Uh, It it was, I've been to around 20 supernatural conventions and this one was just epic. And it, it was, with, it was a Winchester family reunion. Oh, my God, having Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Samantha Smith, Benson Apple, Jared Padalecki all on stage together. And for seriously the first time ever. We've never, sure, you know, in the pilot we saw Sam Dean, you know, mom and dad together, but we never saw Jared and Jensen, Sam and Dean, with both Mary and John together. Um, or at least, you know, Jeffrey Dean and Samantha Smith, Mary and John. And I just broke down Sunday when they came out on stage. I was more emotional than I expected to be, and it it, it was just something to see. It was amazing. I yeah. will say, and she, um, when we, Becky and I go to, we try to, the cons that we go to, we try to go together because she takes better pictures than I do, and I can tweet faster than she can, so it works out. Um, so I'm tweeting, she's sitting next to me bawling, crying, and I'm trying <laughs> to not cry because I can't hypo my, my Winchester family emotions mm-hmm. tweets. But it was seeing them, seeing Jared Jensen and Samantha Smith walk down that aisle towards Jeffrey D. Morgan. I... Well, Samantha... Samantha wasn't with them at the time. She was a surprise. Oh, yeah, she's back. 
seeing them walk, but just seeing them get on stage and then having her come out. And the night before, unfortunately, Jared had been sick and he couldn't attend, but they had done the cabaret and, you know, Jensen brought it's really hard. They can call him Jeff all they want. He is Jeffrey Morgan or J- JDM. I cannot call him Jeff. I am sorry. But mm. having Jensen essentially trick <laughs> JDM into showing up and having him, you know, request a song and all that, and then um, having Sam show up unbeknownst to Jensen or JDM, they didn't know she was coming up on stage at the cabaret either and I didn't think it could get more emotional than that and then turn around and have them do it Sunday and it was just one of those feelings of as a fan you cannot oh I'm getting weepy oh my god this is not good for my cold exterior um it's one of those things that makes you remember why this show resonates and what the core of this show is where it's a family and how it started, because we have, you know, canonically the show has really kind of gotten away from the inception of what it was. You can say it's gotten away from, you can say it's evolved, however you want to word it, but it's a very different show than it started off to be. So to see in that moment the literal personification of where this started and having all four of them standing on stage together I can't even I can't even put it into actual words. It 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 reminded me of everything that made me fall in love with the show to begin with. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was and, like, um, yeah, this is the show that I signed up for. This is it. And to see Jensen when he when he Saturday night when he brought Jen, um Jeffrey Dean and then Samantha Smith came out and the, the, he was so proud and so happy. The look on his face. You know, sh- you know, he was just like, "Yes, they're here, mom and dad. They're right here." And the crowd <laughs> somebody on Twitter, somebody on Twitter equated it to uh, bring your parents to school day, where you're like, "This is my mom <laughs> and dad," and mom and dad, this is where, this is my desk, this is where I sit. These are all my friends. Say hi to my friends. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was like you could just see that they, this, this, this. You know, during the photo ops, if you were somebody who got to do the the J3 photo op, they were having a ball. And JDM was, he said something, I don't remember if it was in his meet and greet or on stage, but basically he kind of said that he was a little nervous because he kind of felt like, you know, he was in season one and a little teeny tiny bits of season two and he was like, does anybody still care that I exist? Oh, my God. And yeah. He, you know, he, he commented he, he commented that, you know, he didn't think the fans liked him anymore because, you know, the writers changed his character a lot. And he was and, nervous. Yeah, he, he thought that nobody would like him anymore. And someone said, um, no, it was the writers that we got mad at, not John. And yeah, so and, that made and, it feels so much better. And to to listen to him basically defend John and talk about what he, as an actor who he feels John is, um, and to see that he's still passionate about the character he played ten years ago, 
is very gratifying as a fan because you sometimes mm. get actors that are like, I don't know, and even the questions that he didn't have an answer for because, you know, the reason we haven't had Jeffrey D. Morgan at a convention is because he works a lot. <laughs> so mm. he hasn't really had the opportunity to sit down and really watch all the Supernatural. He hasn't kept up with the show. And it's been 10 years since he filmed these scenes. These scenes. And so when he was hit with questions that he didn't really know the answer to, he wasn't just like, meh. He literally at one point just sat down and was like, I am blown away by how good your question is, and I don't want to mess up the answer. And he mm-hmm. just literally sat down on the floor of the stage and was like, I- I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. <laughs> it's very gratifying as a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because, like I said, you do get actors in any show and even at, you know, I will never name names, but at Supernatural conventions that you could tell, you can tell are simply there because it's a paycheck for them. And then there are the ones that you can tell are there for the experience on top of it. And he was definitely there for the experience on top of it. And he said he enjoyed it and he said he would like to do more. Again, he has a crazy busy schedule um, so who knows how many he'll get to do, but he was fant- he was a fantastic guest. Um, he was a good sport. You know, he answered questions thoughtfully, but he also worked the stage really well, and he read an excerpt of Craig Ferguson's mother's erotic novel out loud. Uh, he was a great sport. Uh, really, mm. really, somebody who you could genuinely tell appreciated what this show means to us. That's really cool. I I have to say that even I I can't even imagine what it was like for you guys there because I know how I felt. I wasn't there, and you know, I you can only make do with pictures and various fan videos and. It was just some of the photographs. There was a photograph where it was from the cabaret, and and uh, Jeffrey Dean, Sam Smith, and Jensen, and they're in kind of a clump together. And Jensen has his arm around Sam, and he's and he's got this look on his face. That's Dean's face when he's hugging his mom, and like, what is and what should ever be. And, yes. it, and you know, and I, I lost it. I looked at that picture and I lost it. I said, I, yes. I just all can't go. I'm like, oh my god. All I was thinking of on during the concert Saturday night when they were both on stage with Jensen, and Jensen is just so happy to have them there. All I could think of was Dean has his parents back. Yes. It's so, mm-hmm. yes. It's so surreal because you know we're you know we're all intelligent people and we understand that there are actors and there are characters. However, yes. that moment was this weird, meshy, fourth wally, breaky. You just you, Jensen looked like he and he's looking at them like. Grown, bad father, but you are adorable. 
Yes. <laughs> you could just see it. And the other other moment when it was um, the next day, Jared and Jensen's panel and Jeffrey Dean came out to get his coffee or something. And he forgot it. And he came up and he, and he was standing behind them and he's got his arms around both of them and he's in the middle. And he, and he tucks in Jared and kind of snuggles him a moment. And then he leans over and he kisses Jensen on the side of the head and then he leaves and I'm like it's such a dad thing to do you know and it was so warm and they cuddled in and they just both of them just leaned into it like dad and I was like oh my god I my heart I just it just burst (laughs) looking at all that and I was real because you know these are these are three men who who keep in touch um they are friends um Mm -hmm. Danielle and and JDM's wife Hillary, they're good friends. They met through Jared. They met through Jensen and Danielle. You know, and this is all fairly common knowledge. You know, if you've kept up with Jeffrey D. Morgan's career or you know anything like that, you these are things you know. These are not. But none of this was surprising. Yet it was literally. I mean, then they all went out to dinner the night before. But Sunday it was like they had seen each other in years, and it was like a family reunion for them. Mm-hmm. And also during the cabaret to see Jensen standing between, or no, actually Matt was standing, but to see like Matt Cohen and Jeffrey Morgan like at the same time, and Jensen standing mm-hmm. there like these are my dads. <laughs> and then Gil McKinney, Gil McKinney came over. Oh, and Gil, Gil McKinney! So you had Grandpa. Grandpa <laughs> it was just, it was, a, it was. It sounds really almost lame to say that it was very, very emotional, and it was. And for them to do this in the 10th season and be able to have this moment, and I guess there's nothing I can say except repeat myself and say that as a fan, it was just gratifying, really, really gratifying. Mm -hmm. It it was the best convention moment I've ever had. It was... Mm -hmm. It 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 was just amazing. It made it made it like everything new again. I mean, you know, it just yeah, it really did. It felt like a first con all over again. And that's at the end of it. Had already been a fantastic convention. Thursday was Travis Travis Aaron Wade's first panel, and oh my God, everybody fell in love with Travis. He was Mm -hmm. so amazing. Uh, telling the story about uh, what he calls his Tan Mafia, which is his, his three chihuahuas. Oh, the Tan Mafia. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he, he just, everybody had everybody eating out of his hand. He was so sweet. And then uh, there was Timothy Amundsen, you know, on Friday. and Who came out with a prepared speech. <laughs> yeah, came out reading a prepared statement like at a police, you know, like a police up in, you know, come out when they're reading a prepared statement, and it was hilarious. And I mean, oh, it was mm-hmm. a fantastic convention all the way around. And yeah. it, as it, per create, as per creation entertainment rules, we don't condone the videotaping of convention <laughs> panels. However, if you happen to come across these paddles on this little thing called the YouTube. Watch yes. them. The hypothetical videos. Yes, the <laughs> you know, hypothetical videos that may or may not exist. I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Um, you know, we'll to get, disavow get to all see, knowledge. <laughs> so, you know, and fine, to get to fine. see, you know, 
the uh, the evolution of Jensen Ackles' rock star from, you know, the guy mm. who was like, I'm never going to sing on stage to, okay, I'll do two little jam sessions for like 10 people to, okay, I'll sing a few bars on stage to Sister Christian, for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That was, that was a oh, rock star so moment. Like, I will, I will hats off to Jensen Ackles because full-on rock star. And, and you know what? He's hella hula hooping too. I mean, yeah. I, I love the singing, but he's hella hula hooping. Holy cow! And <laughs> I think the best thing, the best thing Creation Entertainment has ever done for their conventions is adding Loud and Slain on stage because yes. one, mm. they are amazing. Rob Benedict and the band are fantastic. Jeffrey Dean Morgan yes. became a ginormous fan of them. From uh, you know, from playing with them, he was wearing their t-shirt. Um, yeah, he he liked them, um, but yeah, adding them on stage has just made the conventions completely different and totally fun. And I just, it's just, uh, I love having them on there. Loud and Swain rocks. Uh, Rich Richard uh, Spade, who MCs the entire time. You know, he's there uh-huh. from the first minute of the first convention. And Vegas is a four-day convention. He's there from when it starts on Thursday to when it ends on Sunday. That man is—he works and he works hard. He's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, that's another thing. You know, we as a fandom tend to go on and on about Jared and Jensen and you know the mains, but you really have to give it up to Loud and Swain which, you know, headlined by Rob Benedict and, like you said, uh, Richard Spate, who, like you said, they don't just work every day. They work every panel. And, and, you know, even Richard said, you know, the Thursday people were the cool people this time because if you, four days is a long time for for everybody. Um, you know, in fact, during um, one of Osric's panels, he was going to go do the martial arts, I don't know, and he told Richard Spade, come with me, and Richard's like, no, I'll be here. He's like, no, 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 but it's tomorrow. He's like, I'll be here all day, <laughs> all day here, right here. Um, and I, so I think, you know, it, it became a bit of a joke once they did it, but I think even Osric for a moment was like, oh, yeah, you're here all weekend. Um, so, you know, as, as fun as it is for them, and yes, it is a job, and yes, they do get a paycheck for it, um, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Mm. And, you know, if, if you feel grumpy, you get to, you know, if you're at a con and you feel grumpy, you get to make a grump face. You don't get to make a grump face. (laughs) Not allowed. It's like work. It's like working nope. at Disney. They will send you home <laughs> if you frown. So, um, but yes, and also, um, you know, uh, Megan Pavlecki was there signing, selling, and signing Big Mo books. And so she was in the vendors room. She was a great sport as well. She had a really big line, lots of people, and lots to sign. Um, and she did sell out. She sold out. So congratulations yep. to Megan. Yes, and you can still order the book. You yes, but she sold out book, I she brought with her, which um, Very cool. was really cool. Really, really cool. Um, 
another again because it's such a long a long uh, convention, the four days, and you think eh, one extra day. That extra day does it does take its toll. So um, again, to the volunteers, there were some fantastic volunteers. We won't name names because we'll forget somebody inevitably, and we don't want somebody to feel hurt. And unfortunately, even we don't know everybody's name. But um, there were some great volunteers. And they were there all four days. And remember, creation volunteers do not get paid. Uh, they do not get a paycheck, and they don't really get a break. But they get very small breaks. Um, and they're there morning to night. And when you go up to your room, they're still taking down the chairs at 2 o'clock in the morning after everything's done. So a uh, huge credit to them as well. Um, uh, the vendors, again, remember that vendors... They're selling their wares, but they're also paying for that space in order to be there to show you these amazing things that they they make. In some way, shape, or form, they make them, and they spend money to be there, and they spend money to make their things. So always make sure you stop by the vendor's room and check out what these people have because it's amazingly creative. And... If you're a fan, it's not just supernatural stuff. There's Doctor Who, there's Sherlock, there's Star Trek, there's all kinds of stuff. So your inner geek flag can definitely fly there. And there's anything from T-shirts to necklaces to nail polishes to hand lotion, all with some kind of geeky show theme. And people put a lot of work and time and money into doing it. So, uh, you know, always go check them out as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we've got a, about 14 minutes left of our live show. Is there anything else about the episode? Anything else coming up? Um, uh, we did, at, speaking of at the Vegas convention, uh, well, while we were in Vegas, it, did, it had nothing to do with the convention, but while we were in Vegas, we got to talk to Timothy Amundsen. And so we, um, if you haven't listened to it yet, we do have a podcast on our Blog Talk Radio website. Links are on our Facebook page, website, and Twitter. Uh, uh, it's a 20-minute um, interview with Tim Yamison, who plays Kane on Supernatural. We talked to him about Kane. Uh, we talked to him about his role as King Richard on Gallivant and about his role as Detective Lasseter on Psych. It was. We we talked to him while he ate breakfast, and it was. Okay, so yes, and we fun. got him, and we and he and there was pancake discussion. There was breakfast discussion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pancakes. So if you are curious about uh, his role on Supernatural, Gallivant Psych, or just what he eats for breakfast, <laughs> or perhaps his description of the man at the table next door. No spoilers. Don't spoil that. That's good. <laughs> Don't spoil that. But yeah, it's about twenty minutes. Uh, we didn't get the chance to talk to him for very long, so it's about 20 minutes long, but he has some really great things to say, some really insightful things about um, his headspace in playing Kane and um, his interpretations of certain moments and things like that. So definitely check that out because he's another one who really thought about his character and it shows. And my favorite cool. part was I got to talk to him about Psych, and that was so awesome. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have to have to give a salute to Jared's amazing "Always Keep Fighting" T-shirt campaign. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. Finished this past week. Spectacular. Forty-six thousand four hundred and thirty-six shirts sold. Yes. Uh, so, Jared, you are amazing. Likely, but uh, we are very proud of you for choosing the. Mm Choosing the the organization that you chose because it speaks to a lot of people. It really mm-hmm. speaks to everyone. Um, yeah. And for allowing us to remember that it speaks to everyone and it's okay to speak about what mm-hmm. to love right on her arms, to write love on her arms stands for. Um, and to fandom, the way everybody reached out, um, we had a they, yep. they're cho- they are choosing to remain anonymous, but there was a group of about seven people who helped who funded the giveaways that we did for those was a week and a half or so. Um, they rotated and- in terms of purchasing the shirts. We did the random drawings. They didn't want credit. They just wanted to do something for people who couldn't get shirts. Um, and on Facebook. On that Facebook happened a lot. Yeah, I was going to say, there were a lot of, yeah, we had it on Facebook as well. Um, and there were 20, people doing people. it on, yeah, there were people doing it um, separately on their own on Tumblr, just reaching out saying, hey, if you mm-hmm. don't have 30 bucks, I have the 30 bucks. I will do this for you. And Yeah, a lot of people were, and it was complete strangers. You didn't have to know them yeah. or familiar. It's like, you need a, somebody, I need, I, I'll, I can get a shirt for someone. Who needs one? And I think and, that was, and it was great. It was amazing. It was a, I think for for the organization Jared chose and for it to expand in that way, um, and then also have it overlap with uh, Vegas Con and also overlap with this episode, and also have Travis speak about you know his PTSD and his his. Uh, moments of of depression, it all interwove, and it was just really successful, not just monetarily, mm-hmm. but, you know, emotionally for a lot of fandom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like more than we knew. It's like, it was like a campaign we didn't know we needed so much, if that makes That's sense. That's a really good way to put it. We didn't know how much we needed it until until Jared Padalecki did it. <laughs> And yeah, I feel like, I feel like yeah. that's going to be on my gravestone. I didn't know how much I needed this until Jared Padalecki. That's going to be my gravestone. Yeah. That's, my, that's my epitaph yeah. right there. And it's funny because, and I've, I've mentioned it before, I'm not a big fan of faces on them usually oh, for any, either, any I show. I cannot me. wait to get this shirt. I cannot wait to wear it. I hope people ask me about it. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm going to be, I'm going to wear that shirt with just pride. I, I can't wait. You know, so very special. What yeah, I'm looking like, forward to is going to a convention and seeing all because 40 mm-hmm, yeah. So there's going to be so many people wearing them at conventions, and it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I bought it. I bought mine in pajama size, so I don't think it's ever leaving the house. <laughs> but so I ordered it that she could like a five X so like pajamas. But um. And I am looking forward to, I'm sure, they should ship by Seattle. Hmm. I thought it was April. April 2nd? Yeah, they're, they're shipping out April, April 2nd. 2nd. April 2nd, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, um, I, 
Is he going to do like similar? Is he going to do like similar to Stephen Amell with his with his T-shirt campaign? This is seriously. He specifically asks for everybody to post pictures in their shirt. He has a whole Facebook album of it. So I think that would be a really cool thing to do. I like if Jarris and everybody post. I saw three different, I mean, there may have been more, but I saw three different Sincereously shirt wearers at Vegas Con. So the fandom (laughs) streams did cross at Vegas Con. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Stephen did a little um, interview of Jared. (laughs) And he talked about their t-shirt campaign. Very cute. Very, very cute. But in terms of the episode, um, I personally really liked it. So kudos Mm -hmm. to Con. You you yeah, hit everything. Too. You hit everything that I needed in an episode: grossness uh, <laughs> and and gruffy men. And I feel like Jenny <laughs> Fine and I are probably soulmates. I'm just gonna put that out there. Jenny, if you want to be my best friend, I will gladly push Becky off a cliff for you. Oh, oh wow! Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. But in all, after but in all seriousness, I pushed you after I pushed you around in a wheelchair at Vegas Con. She did wheelchair me <laughs> Saturday, so um, okay, fine. I will nudge her near a cliff. <laughs> but no, in in all seriousness, I really liked the episode. Um, I think I did too. All the performances. I enjoyed it. Um, I will. I will own up to my bias that I think. Uh, Travis Aaron Wade really stole the episode for me um, in terms of acting and kind of in prettiness, too. So, <laughs> uh, Jared Judson, I love y'all. You know I love y'all and all that. Uh, you'll be back to be my favorites next week, but um, for this episode, <laughs> it was all about Travis Aaron Wade for me. Yeah. Um, I got to give a little shout-out to to Jared um, and, and doing Sam is still researching and still very worried and you can see it in his demeanor and his face and the emotions. I thought, you know, it was, it was subtle, but I, I really, really liked it. So. Oh, you know. that's one thing. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. I take it back. I do have one critique about this episode and you just reminded me of it. Uh, oh dear. <laughs> we all made it. You get it. You get it. But it's like, really, you're Googling Mark of Cain. How much information do you really expect to find? Because I've Googled Mark of Cain, and it basically just refers me back to the Bible or Wikipedia every time. Yeah. Uh, okay, bro. Like, <laughs> no, and I like, like the dean says, we've checked every website twice. So I like the yeah, but, you know. that part, but I also like that even being like, wow, futile. Because, you know, he is it really going to be on the Internet? He was hmm? not Googling. He was off-brand website searching. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, but I couldn't catch exactly what it said. I tried twice, and then I stopped caring. Um, yes. Which I think is weird. Like, can't the CW use Bing? Aren't they part of Bing? Or are they not part of, part of Bing anymore? I don't know. Not important. But Google is like... Well, I thought it was interesting, and someone someone pointed it out, and then it, and I, I had to agree it dawned on me. How can there be a picture of the Mark of Cain? Nobody's really seen yes, the Mark of Cain. Yes, that bothered me so much. Like, when, at what point <laughs> you did know? you take a picture yeah, and upload it from? from? Yes, yeah, that bothered it's like, me. It's, yeah, it's not yeah, out but there. But again, I, mean, I will so. say that um, for the most part, we do also know that what 
you see on their computer screens is not necessarily what's in the script. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm giving Jenny Klein the pass. Or like Jensen has very been was very adamant about reiterating that the Taylor Swift song in About a Boy, they didn't know it was Taylor Swift even when they filmed it. They had to go back right. and film it. They got the rights. So everybody who was mad at Adam Glass for picking Taylor Swift, he didn't pick it. Uh, go yell at, I guess, probably Bob Singer? I think it was Bob Singer. Singer. Yeah, I think it was Bob Singer. Singer. Stop yelling at Adam Glass. Go yell at Singer, who does not have a Twitter account. (laughs) (laughs) Probably for that very reason. Smart man. Smart man. (laughs) Smart man. Um, Well, we're closing in about three minutes left. Uh, Anything else? Becky, anything else going on? We should... No, do without. Uh, not that I can think of. We have a new episode this week. We do not have one on April 8th. It's a rerun. So we have next week and week after. I guess. That's about it. I think everything else is good. Right? Yes. Yep, yep. I think we can go. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. It's Winchester Bros everywhere. WinchesterGoes.com, Twitter, Facebook. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for liking us. And we'll be back next week with another podcast on another episode. Night. Bye. Boys, we'll take us out. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.